Hello, and welcome to the Brookwood Church Sunday Message Podcast. On this episode, our senior pastor, Perry Duggar, continues in a series on the heroes of faith found in Hebrews 11. If you want to watch the video of this week's message or listen to this week's worship set, you can go to our website, brookwoodchurch.org, or you can find all that and more on our Brookwood Church app. We pray this message encourages you and your walk with Christ. Hey, it's encouraging to see more faces. Well, I can't see them. Is that Linda over there behind that shield? That's right. You're going to have to lift it up for your area a little bit. But I do enjoy seeing more of, more of you here. So let's just keep praying that people will be comfort, comfortable coming, that the illness will be suppressed by God's Spirit as well as by our practices. So today we conclude our survey of Hebrews chapter 11. I hope there's been benefit for you in it, that your strength has been challenged, encouraged, refined. Perhaps you've even identified with one or more of the people who were used as examples of faith. And I hope that God spoke to you saying, you too are or can be an example of faith, no less than any of these listed. You know, we, we think of Abraham, Sarah, all of these folks in the list Noah, Moses, as celebrities, but they didn't see themselves that way. They were just people struggling to follow God. No, no different than any of us. So today's message is entitled Persecution of Faith. And the theme verse is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Unfortunately, we don't have the outlines right now. I look forward to us getting back to those as well. And it says this, yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will have a happy life all their days. Is that what you're saying? Is that what it says? I need my glasses. I'm wearing real strong contacts already. Yes, and some people who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Is that better? I don't see any exceptions in it, do you? If we want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, we will suffer persecution. Now, it's hard to characterize that as a positive statement, isn't it? It comes across more as a warning, it seems, doesn't it? But here's a, a greater, maybe more applicable question. Is it true? Is this, is this statement, is this verse, is it true? Now, we want to review a little bit with the previous passage because it sets the context for this passage that we'll focus on today, the final passage in the chapter. And so we back up a little bit to Hebrews 11, beginning at verse 33, which I dealt with last week. So now I do need my glasses, but okay. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, 
and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. And women received their loved ones back again from death. All of that's true, and we love reading all of that, don't we? But then the tone of this chapter changes. And we see that living by faith promises persecution. The latter part of verse 35, after saying that women receive back their loved ones from death, but others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. Now, it's interesting, the writer is finishing this theme of faith, but before he closes it out, he, he refuses to say that this life always turns out well by faith. Did you hear what I said? This life always turns out well by faith. He refuses to say that. In fact, these people who are summarized, unnamed, actually suffered for their faith. Now, this passage says they could have renounced this faith. They could have denied their faith in God. And it says they would have been released. But these people decided that they would rather die for their faith than deny their faith. History records the lives of many who were punished, even martyred. You know, you know what martyred means? Come on, y'all talk to me. Yeah, they died for their faith. They were put to death for their faith. Leanne and I watch a lot of these old um, series, you know, back in the Middle Ages. And a lot of these old series set in England or Europe or somewhere, you show a lot of martyrdom, persecution of people for their faith. But persecution does still happen today. It's not just a series on Netflix that shows you. The 2020 watch list for about worldwide persecution reports that over 250 million Christians live in places where they're experiencing high levels of persecution. And it lists nations and all of that. But you can look it up, 220 world watch list if you want to look at the details. But just a few of them, 9,488 churches and other Christian buildings were attacked. 3,711 believers were, they got caught by, unfairly by the legal process. They were detained without trial. They were arrested. They were sentenced. They were imprisoned. 
2,983 were martyred, killed for their faith. And so thankfully, we, we don't, we're not enduring that level of persecution in this country, but, but there are some ominous signs. I mean, during this current unrest, churches have been vandalized and even burnt in Washington, D.C., in Massachusetts, Florida, California, New York, Missouri, Colorado, Tennessee, and Mississippi. Now, not every one of those could be characterized as religious persecution. It may be that they were burned just because the buildings were there, but, but it was at least disrespect of a place where God's people gather to worship. And it was Catholic and Protestant. It was uh, churches that were composed of black, whites, mixed races. So it wasn't just one target. Among our mission partners, pastors who work with Praveen Chakavarte in, in India and also Dennis Agari in Liberia have been beaten, even murdered for their faith. But God's faithful are willing to suffer rather than compromise their faith because of their hope. Verse 35 again. They place their hope in a better life after resurrection. I, I don't like that translation very much. Uh, I often like the new living. It's, it's simple and usually very accurate. This isn't. The translator put too many words because more literally, it just says they place their hope in a better resurrection. And that's all it says, better resurrection. In other words, those who were raised in verse 35 that I mentioned earlier, where women receive the dead back to life, they would all die again. But those who die in this life believing will be raised for all eternity, never to die again. To share in Christ's glory, never to suffer, never to die. But the point is that people who live by faith, including all of us, must live with eternity in view. Well, I want this life to be fair. It won't be. I want, I want to be well-treated in this life always. You won't be. Hopefully, sometimes you will be. But, but, but there won't be any heaven built here. There won't be any heaven here. We, but it, we're called to, to, to fairness, to justice, to, to, to treat each other well to protect each other, and we should, we should strive to do every one of those things. But I hope I don't disappoint you, but this world won't be perfected. This world won't be perfected. So we must live with eternity in constant view. Boy, today went badly, 
But one day, he's coming for me. Hebrews 11 continues. Some were jeered at, which means mocked, made fun of, ridiculed. And their, their backs were cut open with whips. In other words, they were flogged by, by officials as, as governmental punishment. Others were chained in prisons. Again, this is an official function of the government wrongly uh, treating these people because of their faith. But remember that it was the Jewish religious leaders, the ruling council. Anybody remember what the council's called? Oh, somebody over here deserves a, a, at least a star, a, blue, a big star to wear out. The Sanhedrin. These were the people that demanded Jesus be crucified by the Romans. Remember, the Jews could not do it. They were dominated by the Roman government. They had to essentially ask permission, but they did it by being very insistent that the Romans crucified Jesus. And then these Jewish religious leaders set about persecuting the church. Of course, prominent among them was Paul as a persecutor. We continue. Some died by stoning. Anybody remember a one of the early disciples, really one of the first deacons who was stoned, Stephen. Stephen. I'm going to deal with Acts after, we'll, we'll, um, in a few weeks, I start a series on Acts. Some were sawed in half. Traditionally, Isaiah was sawn in half, the prophet. But remember the, the, the time setting. They didn't have true temper steel. So he was sawn in half by a wooden sword. And others were killed by the sword. We can't deny our faith or, or compromise our convictions. Even under the threat of suffering. Because here's the thing. Christ has become our identity. He is the truth by which we live by. You see my point? It, it's undeniable. It's, you've been transformed into someone to deny him is to deny yourself. To, to lose the focus and the meaning of your very life. Now these unnamed other Old Testament people... They glorified God just as much as the ones who succeeded through faithful obedience. These others glorified God by obeying, by suffering, by dying. Are you willing to suffer for your faith? Each of us has to answer that. We, you know, it's not put upon us now, but it could be one day. Are we willing to suffer something for our faith? Would you, do you, 
refuse to compromise biblical convictions, even if it means mistreatment, even if it includes being rejected by family, by friends. Now, listen, I want you to understand, and this is, this is how we get confused. We can sometimes be so insecure of who God is that when we suffer, we start doubting God. Is that fair? So we have to be at a place where we already know God loves us. And then we have to try to understand why we're enduring difficulty. And here's the point. It's just the reality of God's sovereignty. His plan for each one of us varies according to his, his will and his purpose for our lives. You may say, well, I volunteer for, to be the guy that, that you know, blows the trumpet and the wall falls down. That's what I'd like. But God may think you need to be the one who dies by faith who suffers by faith. You know, connected to this, I would love to to really be able to say with conviction that God always wants every single person healed. I just don't see evidence of it. I remember a, a lady when I was new in ministry. This lady came into my little small office in a what had been a country church in Georgia. And this lady was, you know, God wants nobody to be ill, ever. No one. And the only reason we are is if we don't have enough faith. And, I, you know, if y'all excuse me, I was more of a smart aleck then than I am now. Do you find that hard to believe? And I said, well, you better tell those people out there. Because they'd be, they'd be glad to hear it. Because out the window was a huge graveyard. And I said, we all die. And she said, but it can be just, we just go from here to there. I said, well, I hope you get that. But even if you're healed of this disease, you're going to die from that one. Old age is a disease process. Because see, here's the point. As humans, I understand this, that this is all we know. So we'd hang on to it. But God knows better. God knows better. But it, it can be hard to get there. So I would, wouldn't be critical of anybody that's, that's fearful because nobody's been there and back to tell us about it. But blessed in the sight of the Lord is the passing of a believer. And we have to know God does love us. We have to know that that God does allow suffering into our lives. And he never abandons us. Any of you ever had to take a small child to pediatrician, surgeon, for some procedure that you knew was going to be painful to the child? Anybody ever done that? Many of us have. But you see... It was completely a practice of love, even though that child wouldn't have understood it as that. 
But sometimes God puts us in a place of surgery to perfect our faith. And even though sometimes we rage against him for it, he loves us even more than that. Even when the child wails, even if the child, if the child's old enough to speak, the child would say, how could you do this to me? You know, I've taken, I took my little one to a pediatrician with my daughter, Aubrey, and we had, she has two. So she was over, she was double teamed. And I, so I went and so this, this grandson had to have a shot and I had to literally hold him down. And I thought, God, don't comfort him. Let him understand that this is an act of love, not of harshness. Romans 8, 35. Y'all know this passage. We have to know it. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry or destitute, in danger or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. And I am convinced, are you convinced? That nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Do you believe that? Because if you do, do you have some doubt about God? Is there some resentment in there? Has something happened in your life and you really are questioning God about how? This passage answers it. And he might tell you the reason if you ask him. James 1 says, if anybody lacks wisdom, ask. You can ask him, why have I suffered this way? And he might tell you, but he might say, leave that in my hands. I love you. Living by faith predicts rejection. Verse 37. Someone about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. Some people weren't beaten or killed for their faith. But they were rejected and ostracized. They were driven from their towns. They were banished to live on their own, turned out by their own families. Alone and impoverished. And here's what God says about them. They were too good for this world. Wandering over deserts and mountains. Hiding in caves and holes in the ground. They were chased out of their communities. They were forced to hide. Not because they were criminals. Because they were believers. Because they were followers of God. Let me put it more simply. They didn't fit in. They didn't fit in. 
But from God's perspective, they were too good for this world. Now you may say, well, okay, God may think good of me, but my friends don't invite me to anything anymore. Well, see, here's the point. The only way you can find comfort from knowing what God thinks of you, well, is how? You gotta spend the time in God's presence. You see what I'm saying? We gotta be a whole lot less concerned about what social media says about us, even what our friends say about us. We've got to know what it is that God says about us. But that's not going to happen unless you spend some time in his word, some time on your face before him. They cared more for what God thought than what their friends and neighbors did. And they would not forsake their faith even when they suffered for their convictions. Listen, we are not persecuted in our culture if we fit in. If we go along with whatever the culture, or, or let me say this, whatever the loudest voices in the culture are saying. Whatever's popular, whatever's accepted. Or we're not persecuted if we just remain silent. But when we take a biblical moral stand, whether it be regarding sex and marriage or gender issues or abortion, whenever we're, then, then we're attacked as, attacked as intolerant, as extreme. And it's interesting to me to read even, there's some professing Christians whose faith is more conformed to the culture or their own ideas instead of to God's word. And we must always be sure that our opinions and our lives are controlled by God's word, not the opinion of our group. Matthew 5, 11 and 12 says this, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you're my followers. Not because you're mean, not because you're harsh, not because you're arrogant, none of those things. So we have to be sure that it's not because I mistreat people, but it's because I'm Christ's followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. Now, some of us can say, a lot of good it does me on earth. Okay, who knows what the definition of maturity is? A simple one. You get a star too. The ability to delay gratification is the definition of maturity. Guess what? It's also the definition of spiritual maturity. We don't judge our whole life by what's happening around us, the circumstances today. We can wait on reward. Persecution really is the predictable effect of people's hatred for God, for his standards, for his absolute truth, for his determination 
of what is right and what is wrong. Living by faith also prepares us for eternity. Verse 39. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. See, God's covenant with Abraham, which was the basis for our faith as well, promised a people, a homeland, a blessing, and to be a blessing to the whole world. Now, many of the people in this list in Hebrews 11 didn't experience that, but they lived with certain belief that God's words would come true and this guided their lives. Some did see the nation develop and more and more population, it expanded. But remember, it expanded in slavery. Others did experience the homeland, crossing the the Jordan with Joshua and beginning to take over Canaan. All were blessed through their relationship with God But none of them, no one in this list saw the birth, the death, the resurrection of the Messiah or the beginning of the church. None of them saw it. And we have to be careful backloading Old Testament figures with New Testament information. They didn't have details about the nature or the means of salvation or even heaven or eternal life. But they knew there was a place where they could be with God beyond death. David called it Sheol. But they lived in hope, trusting the God who had spoken for what ever lay ahead. See, the ability to trust is because you know God, not because the facts are according to your liking or the circumstances. Sometimes they experienced earthly victory. Sometimes they did not. Sometimes their faith saved them from death. Other times their faith brought them death. But they received an inner witness from God. A gift of the Spirit. They knew that He accepted them. That He approved of them. That they belonged to Him. And this inner witness of faith. The ability to believe God. Is strengthened. It's refined through suffering. I don't think, now, who's saying this, Carla? So it might, be, it might be wrong. I don't think our faith is strengthened apart from suffering. Now, you think about that, but you can throw it away. But you think about it, pray it over. Because through suffering, we develop endurance. And it causes us to become more convinced of our hope of salvation. Because faith is hope. 
Faith is, remember, is the substance of things not seen, evidence of things hoped for. Romans 5, 3 and 4, James 1, 2 through 4. And knowing that we are right before God gives us the strength to accept anything that is wrong coming from people. It enables us to suffer, even die by faith. Verse 40, closing verse of this passage. For God had something better. If you read all of Hebrews, that's a constant theme. Something better, something better. In mind for us. So that they would not reach perfection. The Greek is teleo. And it means to complete or to finish without us. God provided something better for us. Because you see, we live in the time after Jesus has come. So we know that his birth, his death, and his resurrection has perfected, completed, finished our faith. Because what did Christ say from the cross? The final words, to tell us die, it is finished. So the salvation of these Old Testament believers was based on something that they may not even completely have understood. It was based on God, but it also worked through what Christ would do. Some of the latter ones knew about the Messiah coming, but a lot of them were not clear on how, exactly how redemption was worked, would work out. So they, they, re, they trusted God. But our faith is based on what he's already done because it's finished. It's finished. We celebrate this finished work, what has been accomplished is complete through the Lord's Supper. I turn you to 1 Corinthians 11. This is Paul writing about it. Verse 23, for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. Now just open just the top one, the clear one. This is a lesson in manual dexterity. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took some bread. He gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces. You have to look closely. But he broke it, symbolizing how his body would soon be broken. And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And they ate. Now open the next top if you can.
In the same way, he took a cup of wine. The third cup. There are four cups in a Jewish Passover, a Seder. This is the cup of redemption at the Seder. And he says, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement that's confirmed by my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. And they drank. Now they likely passed one cup, but we won't ask you to do that. For every time, including this one, for every time you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Maybe today. Maybe today. Let's reflect. Let's rejoice on the truth of Christ's finished work as we worship. Here at Brookwood Church, our desire is to assist you in pursuing a relationship with Jesus so you can experience a transformed life. One of the ways you can do that is by getting connected here at Brookwood. You can email us at connections at brookwoodchurch.org. That's connections at brookwoodchurch.org. Or just call us at 864-688-8326 to get in touch with our Connections team. You can also find our message archives on our website or on the Brookwood Church app. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day.